Since the release of their debut album Full Power in early 2014, Tristan is enjoying an ever-increasing fan base. The Netherlands-based soul, R&B, and jazz fusion band definitely has a sound that even Steve Lukather describes as the best of the 70s brought to 2015. In fact, before vocalist Evelyn Kalanzi joined the band, Tristan had already been creating great fusion and jazz with stellar musicianship. With the release of their latest album, Second Phase, we find Tristan's sound evolving and maturing, delivering some of the freshest blend of pop, soul, and jazz that we've heard in quite a while. Here to talk to us about Tristan and their brand new record, Inside Music Cast welcomes band members Evelyn Kalanzi and Sebastian Cornelison. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, well, thanks great. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You know, Evelyn, it's uh, it's so good to have you and Sebastian with us on Inside Music Cast. And, you know, we've been very interested, as I said just a couple minutes earlier, in having both of you on the show, you know, ever since uh, the, the debut, you know, album of Tristan, which was called Full Power. And um, and we'll, we'll get uh, to that album just a little in a little bit. But first, I'd like to focus a little bit on, on Evelyn. I want to introduce you first, and then uh, we'll get to Sebastian just a little bit with some similar questions. Um, but uh, Evelyn... Evelyn, you grew up in the Netherlands, but you were born in uh, in the Caribbean. You're from Curaçao, is that, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was uh, I came to Holland when I was about six months. Yeah. So I really grew up, uh, yeah, let's say Dutch. Mm-hmm. But of course, the the Caribbean vibe is in there, and you can't take it out. Yeah, we were, we were sort of wondering, you know, what if we didn't know when you had actually moved from the islands, but. We were wondering also, why would anybody ever want to leave a beautiful island like that to start off? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you have to ask my parents. Well, well, they, they divorced, so that was good. Oh, reason. so that was, okay. There's more to that story then. <laughs> like, let's move far apart, you know. Yeah. Have you, ha- but I'm, how often? I'm, always, I'm always longing for the sunshine so that. You, you can tell by the lyrics that I sometimes write, so that's that's that will always be there. Uh huh. I understand. Do you, how often? How often have you returned uh, to to the islands? Well, ever since I was about eighteen, I've mm-hmm. I think I've been there about ten or fifteen times. We want to go. I'm booking my flight. Oh I, yeah, I know. I'm booking my flight. <laughs> I'm <too>. coming. <laughs> so hey, Sebastian, what about you? You're a native of uh, the Netherlands, correct? Yeah, I'm very Dutch. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just curious from, you know, just, just tell me a little bit about your discovery of music. I mean, how old were you when you first knew music uh, was in your blood? Well, my, both my parents were, uh, or are musicians. Actually. Okay. My, my dad's a, a bass player, and uh, my mom's an oboe player. Um, hmm. uh, actually, they're, they're both uh, classically trained, but yeah. um, my dad always wanted to be a drummer, apparently. But uh, when he was a kid, that wasn't really uh, a profession you would uh, choose or... Uh, so at, at one point, I think he started to uh, uh, get into the, the classical thing. He always uh, played in, in bands, though. They, they were pretty uh, uh, well-known uh, somewhere in the, in the 60s uh, here in Holland only. Um, so it's somewhere around my fifth year, I think I sneezed or something, but my dad clearly understood that I said I wanted to play drums. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, he, he went He went to uh, the local, uh, like a really, really crappy uh, music store and, and got me a, a blue little snare drum and, and then uh, he, he brought it home. And I, I remember, I because uh, I really still remember, I hit it maybe two times and I thought, well, that's not really what I had in mind. And uh, uh, he felt the same, so we went back. And he traded one of his, uh, um, he still regrets this actually in, in a little bit, uh, in a small way. He, he, he traded in one of his uh, 
like really old 60s uh, Fender, uh, I think, precision bass. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Drum kit. And um, uh, that's pretty much where it started. Um, uh, and yeah, well, he's, he's always been very much into uh, uh, fusion. Okay. So I, I, I don't uh, uh, recall hearing pop music uh, so much un- until I was 12. Before that was really like I, I remember falling to sleep with uh, Weather Report and Alan Holdsworth, uh, uh, Yellow Jackets and, and some really corny, uh, slick fusion. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of where it came from. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and how old were you when you were listening to the Weather Report and Yellow Jackets? How old were you? Uh, really from... From the very beginning. Right? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! It's amazing. You were. Born- my, my dad had a, had a studio right next to my bedroom, and he didn't care less if I was asleep or not. But he would always just uh, uh, put on music loud, and and I I, I love it. Uh, I, I, that's why I'm still really great with sleeping through pretty much anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh gee whiz! Well, you, you ended up studying music at the Conservatory of Amsterdam, where you formed um, bands. Uh, I think Isotope was was the name of one of your bands, and I think you released yeah, yeah. Uh, you, two albums with a pianist named uh, Rob uh, Van Bevel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, but for a stretch between 2003 and 2007, you spent some time in London, and I wanted to ask you about uh, this time living in London and, and gigging there. Well, I, I uh, um, finished, uh, well, well, sort of. I, I finished a conservatory, um, uh, uh, I think I was 20, I don't know, 21 or something. Uh-huh. But uh, um, uh, And it didn't go all that well, I must say. I, I didn't have the, the, the best time there. Um, but uh, then, uh, so I did a final exam, but I, I never actually got the paper. Yeah. Then uh, my parents were all uh, uh, worried and kind of upset, like, okay, now you never get a, a teaching job anywhere. And uh, uh, I remember I had a girlfriend in uh, in uh, Nottingham. Uh-huh. So I went there every once in a while, and then I thought, well, I might as well try and, and uh, do some gigging here. And, and I did. I was playing with, uh, uh, at the time, with uh, uh, Rob Still and uh, Gary Willis, the bass player from uh, Tribal Tech. And uh, we did uh, one or two gigs there. And then uh, one of the, the teachers at the Royal Academy of Music, uh, he uh, offered me a, a job there. And it's uh, like really one of the most, the, the best um, uh, jobs you could ever get, I think, here in, in Europe because it's, it's a great school. And uh, yeah, so I, I was there, I think, for, for a week. And I called my parents saying, okay, I think uh, uh, it turned out okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah. And then I spent there for. Um, I think close to yeah, at least seven years. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I did a lot of lot of stuff. I was in a regular uh, Ronnie Scott's um, uh, band. Played a lot with uh, Jared Presenzo, uh, an amazing uh, trumpet player. Uh, who also played with uh, Herbie uh, Hancock when he was uh, right. sixteen. Yeah. Chick, and uh, amazing guy and a uh, great friend. And uh, so I did a lot of stuff with him. I have my own uh, trio, uh, a lot of studio stuff. Plus, I, I have a, a, one of my other best friends there is, is, is the, 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 the head of the SE Electronics um, a Microphone Company. And okay. He also helped me out a lot, and uh, therefore, I had a great time there, actually. Well, hey, guys, we seem to have uh, kind of a bad Skype connection with Sebastian. So um, while we're reconnecting with him, Let's take an early break and let's check out a track from Tristan's new album, Second Phase. And this is a track called Finally Found. 
So, Sebastian, you know, you've had opportunities to uh, perform with, you know, an amazing list of musicians in your career, including, you know, guys you've worked and recorded with like like Randy Brecker and Jim Beard. I'm going to name a few more. Gary Willis, Gary Husband, Mike Miller, Scott Kinsey, uh, Jimmy Haslip, Jimmy Earl, Frank Gambale, just to name a few. Oh, <laughs> I'm just curious, you know, are there other musicians that you admire that you'd like the opportunity to perform with in the future? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, um, top on the list uh, for me is actually uh, Steve Lukather. Oh, yeah? Um, and, um, uh, and another one is Alan Holdsworth, since that, that's kind of my, uh, that's my childhood, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah. uh, like, like I said, I, I, I was brought up with the fusion stuff, but then uh, one of my first drum teachers, uh, I think after years of teaching over, he asked me what kind of music I liked, and um, I, yeah, I only named the fusion stuff. And then he said, "But have you, have you ever listened to Toto?" And uh, well, I didn't know who they were. And, um, and since then, I was like really hooked. And that was since my seventh year, I think. And um, it kind of uh, makes uh, makes sense when you listen to Tristan, I think, because it's it's like a, a fusion thing meets sort of the. Yeah, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but sort of meets the total uh, vibe. I of course, yeah. <laughs> Evelyn, let me ask you a couple of questions. You know, when you were growing up and maybe as a teenager, what were you listening to? I don't know if it was fusion, just like Sebastian, or was it something no, else? No, no, no. What were you listening to? Well, it definitely wasn't fusion, but <laughs> um, well, I was lucky that uh, my, my brother's seven years older, and he was really always very much into music. So uh, when I was growing up, of course, I was I was completely uh, I was a little girl, you know. I like all the girl stuff, so I love musicals. I'm very sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but um, the good thing was my brother was always playing um, El Jero, and and he was a major ABBA fan for a long time. Yeah, but he would play he would get records, yeah, all kinds of stuff, but really good stuff. But especially loads of El Jero, and I love that as well. Yeah. So actually, I grew up with. Uh, uh, well, good music. So that was a good influence. Otherwise, I would have, I think, I would have stranded in all the musical stuff. Yeah. And uh, well, when I got to my teens, um, I really loved the singers. So it was uh, loads of different singers, going from Anita Baker to, uh, of course, Shaka Khan. Um, but I also loved uh, uh, Tony Hadley, Spandau Ballet. So that was oh, the yeah. girl thing, you know. Of course. And, <laughs> of course. Uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, so I've always had this big variety of music that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I had a I had a big thing for musical, and I I, I wasn't a couple of shows, but after a while, that really uh, was enough. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. had it at some point. It was yeah, it was gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we mentioned a moment ago about how you grew up in uh, in Curacao, and I'm I did you have uh, I'm not sure how old you were when you left, but did any of oh, the music? Six months. No, I was. Six she months. was very young. Six oh, months, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, I missed that young. part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you know if you were there for a while if that had any influence, but apparently not. <laughs> yeah. No, not really. Well, yeah. my mother played some uh, Harry Belafonte, but my mother was the Dutch one, mm-hmm. so uh, I grew up with my mother. So she, yeah. the only thing. 
thing she took, I think, from Curacao, from the music that was played, there was uh, the Harry Belafonte. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How can you not leave with, yeah. without <laughs> Harry Belafonte? Right. <laughs> yeah, you must. You know, island music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Evelyn, you you mentioned uh, the stage and 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 performing in 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 theater a little. You alluded to that, and uh, but you did study actually, you know, theatrical performance in in, in vocals, right? In, in Amsterdam. Um, yes, I did. So t- tell us a little bit about that and how it led to you winning a, a pretty uh, important part in a, a very famous musical. Go ahead and talk to us about that. Um, well, the thing was, like I said, I was always really much into musicals and I really liked the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I was, always, I was always singing in bands. So actually, I got into uh, Les Miserables, the Dutch uh, version, mm-hmm. uh, even before I studied. So that was actually, uh, I was singing in the band and suddenly the, uh, there were auditions for uh, Les Miserables. They needed some additional people in the cast. Yeah. And um, I got the chance to audition and suddenly I was in this big show. So it was like a little girl's dream. I, didn't, I had no education and suddenly I was in the middle of all these uh, people that had so much uh, experience in theater. And, right. and then I saw that there were some people doing stuff that, uh, I really admired, and I couldn't put my finger on, but they were all from the same school. So then I thought, you know, I'll see if they want me in this school. And they wanted me, so that was good. And the good thing, I think, uh, what I learned in that school, and that's still a major influence on what I do, is there's no way that you can sing something without giving it your own meaning and your own feeling to it. So you, I, I must say, I came to the school, and I also had my little things, you know, how singers copy other singers and mm-hmm. how you, you know, how they move their hand or how they, you start yeah. to do stuff that others do. And that was quickly uh, sort of beaten out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and I must say that somehow I've, I've always also taken it into pop music. So whenever I sing, I try to tell the story as it is and as it is for me. So I think that's, that's a good thing. That, well, that pointed you towards towards formal study, and of course, uh, I'm I'm sure that uh, was a good turn for you, um, because so, soon after that, I mean, you not only started continued uh, to work in, in theater, but you even did some background vocal gigs with uh, is it is it Marco Borsato? I think who was who obviously is a very popular you know was a singer in his time in in, in the Netherlands, and uh, but uh, what other type of gigs were you doing as to right after school or during school? Well, the funny thing is, I always, um, uh, I can say it was sort of in and out production. So if I was in a musical, I would be in there for a year. And then after that, most of the time I was fed up. And then I would be in a, singing in a band or doing backing vocals for anybody. It was just, it was just a matter of what was coming along. But I had this, this whole thing. It was always pretty funny because uh, people that were in the musical always thought, you know, Evelyn, oh no, she, she's singing in bands now. And the other way around, people in the bands always thought, oh, no, she's in the musicals. But I was actually going everywhere and anywhere. Yeah. Sebastian, uh, we've got a question from Uwe Reif, who used to be a correspondent for Inside Music Cast. But uh, he, he submitted a question that he was curious about. And, you know, he said musicians like Eddie and Alex Van Halen and Jan Ackerman and, and uh, Golden Earring, they're household names with Dutch roots. So growing up in the Netherlands, how has the Dutch music scene changed over the decades? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's a tough question. That is a tough question. Yeah, a tough <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Uwe. <laughs> yeah, thank, thanks for this. Um, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, um, I, I think Dutch music, or uh, especially when it's in, in the, the, the pop or the 
yeah, the more more pop side of um, uh, music is is very much imitating uh, uh, the American um, uh, style. So okay. um, I think it's yeah, we sort of um, um, go along with that pretty much. So it's it's kind of the same at the moment. So there's a lot of um, uh, programming and um, uh, not so much real instruments. Um, yeah. Um, an orchestration happening now, and um, yeah, which is a pity. Then again, uh, great because that gives us a chance. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. You, you still hear those guys play a lot, though. I mean, uh, <laughs> all, all the names that you just uh, mentioned. I mean, they're still uh, doing great, and um, uh, because I, I guess that's the thing. They are still like real bands, and, and that's what people do want to hear. Uh, they just don't know it. So um, yeah. <laughs> But it's a, it's a it's a difficult one. I don't know how really how to answer that. But um. yeah, but eventually we need to. We're going to add Tristan to that list. Yes. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Either one of you can answer this. Uh, we'll just point this to Sebastian. But talk to us about your uh, your keyboardist in, in Tristan uh, Cohen Molinar, and how did you all connect? Oh, that's that's a great one. It's one of my favorite. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, we actually uh, me me and the, the bass player we we've been playing together for. Uh, uh, close to well, maybe 15 years. Wow. Uh, we got a gig. Uh, uh, we, we were often uh, asked together to do uh, uh, like session stuff for other people. And, um, and this one gig uh, we got was um, a guitarist from uh, Luxembourg called Claude Poli. Okay. And a great guitar player. Um, and he needed, um, uh, he wanted a new band, um, or form a new band. And uh, he knew about us. So he asked us if he had a go gigs and he needed a keyboard player and um uh, we at that time also didn't really know anybody so we asked some other guy if he knew someone and said yeah you should try a cone so um but we we literally met up behind uh, cone's big fan um uh, before we shook hands with uh, with claude the, the, the guitarist and uh so he didn't know that we didn't know each other at all so we we did a Rehearsal uh, on the day itself, we played this incredibly difficult um, music that, that uh, Claude put together. And for some reason, uh, uh, we, we connected straight away and we played it. Um, never happened afterwards again, of course, but we played it uh, uh, completely uh, sort of correct. <laughs> and then when we stopped, Claude was like, oh man, I can really tell you've been playing together for ages now. And that was uh, really the first time. And... Um, but but the is is a uh, is really um, like a chameleon. He can, he can um, uh, really sound like a like a jazz pianist. He can really sound like a yeah. Uh, he's great on on Hammond. It's like one of the the, the few here um, uh, that we got that can really play Hammond. And um, but also with with keyboards and, and sounds and stuff, he he really knows his stuff and. Um, like the the famous famous uh, fan always comes uh, along, of course, and it's packed with um, everything you can imagine. There's there's sometimes there's two Hammond in there, and uh, there's a Fender Rhodes and loads of keyboards, and he's got always his own PA even with him. It's, it's like he's really a sound guy, and yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's amazing to to um, uh, to work and play with. Plus that that um, on the connection side, it's like it seems because um, uh, now we've been working like five years or so, maybe more. Um, but it seems that uh, he's got the same um, rhythmical ideas uh, as uh, I have, sort of, like uh, um, with phrasing. 
And uh, therefore, uh, even if we play a new piece of music, uh, we can sort of fake as if we've um, been playing that for uh, for a longer time. And that's really, for us also, still surprising, but uh, it's just great. So, um, yeah, great guy. <laughs> that's neat. Yeah, thank you. Evelyn, uh, and we're going to talk about uh, Cohen just a little bit more because uh, we're not done with that. He's with that amazing keyboardist. <laughs> so much to talk about. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, Evelyn, since the release of uh, Full Power, Tristan has uh, has been gaining a lot of attention. In fact, uh, you know, we all know that the, the album made uh, it went straight to the top of the UK soul charts. And you know, what, what was it like when uh, you know, as uh, the first effort for the band, what did it feel like when that thing just zipped to the top and and, uh, you know, people started taking notice. Well, for me, it was really amazing because actually I was sort of the last piece of the puzzle for the band to mm -hmm. get started. Uh -huh. So um, it's actually only been two years since I joined the band. So God. that's, you can imagine that the, the first year I was just like a bouncing ball. I was bouncing around <laughs> uh, because the moment I joined the band, it was immediately they had like, uh, let's say 80% of the songs were uh, as, as good as done. And uh, uh -huh. there only had some songs had to have some lyrics, and but immediately when I joined the band, uh, we started working and recording, and it was like jumping on a on a well maybe you can say on a on a plane. I wanted to say train, but it was more like a plane. Yeah. Um, and within a really short period of time, the record was there, and yeah. uh, I ha I really had a good feeling about it. But you know, you never know what because it's your own stuff. You don't know. But I just knew one thing. The guys that I'm working with are so amazing and so talented. Mm -hmm. I was just in awe. I was sort of a fan. I'm still sort of a fan of them, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, so I sort of had the feeling like this must this must work somehow. But uh, I had no idea that it was going to work so well, especially in uh, the UK and in other countries as well. So that was really weird. We, we made a couple of clips. We put them on YouTube and we shared them on Facebook. And all of a sudden, it got picked up in the UK. And uh, this guy, Roger Williams, he's a, he's a DJ. And he's sort of the, um, the guy that always finds new stuff, and he spreads it all over. Yeah, well, I've heard of Roger, yeah. Yeah, and he, he just said, you know, I really love what you do, and I'm going to tell everybody. <laughs> but, you know, I'm a singer, and you've heard it all before. So I was like, oh, yeah, thank yeah. you. But then within half an hour... Uh, my Facebook exploded with all these DJs and all these responses. Wow. Uh, and the funny thing, the guys were recording in, the, in Sebastian's studio, so I couldn't reach them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm behind my computer just going crazy and telling them, trying to get in touch with them and telling them that everything was exploding and it was oh, going really well. And, yeah. yeah, and, and since, ever since then, it's been going up. So it's really been a real good vibe, and I'm just really happy to be a part of this band. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, Sebastian, can you take us a little, uh, take us into the the inside of the band a little bit? You know, what are the roles of, of each person and what do they bring to the table? And, you know, how do you guys collaborate maybe briefly uh, writing, playing? And and uh, and then later on, I'm going to ask, how did this new ingredient of uh, this amazing vocalist uh, named Evelyn, uh, <laughs> how what she contributed to, you know, the album and how it changed? Me and Franz, the bass player, we, we started the idea of uh, Tristan somewhere like 10 years ago, mm -hmm. way too long ago. Um, so we were always writing anyway. And then uh, when uh, Kuhn uh, uh, came along, uh, yeah, he writes too. 
so us three, we sort of wrote basic uh, uh, tunes of, of, of the band. Um, uh, Evelyn, uh, now we tried to really give her as much uh, space as uh, as we, as we uh, dare to. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> But uh, uh, which is well, I think more and more. I mean, uh, we really like this to be a, a real band effort, not so much uh, an ego uh, thing. So, uh, so as for we write now, we got this a uh, new guitarist actually since um, I think September, who's amazing, uh, Gene Nichols, and uh, uh, we asked him like, do you write as well? Uh, and he does. So probably on the next album, he will also have some uh, some tunes on, on his name. Nice. Cohen, uh, whatever you want to call him, um, he's um, <laughs> uh, sort of also like uh, yeah, he, he he can look like the uh, the little mafia uh, um, boss there, and uh, he he's he sort of he's really taking it on as um, like somebody has to be uh, at one point more or less a band leader kind of thing. Uh, or person and, and uh, he's doing really really great at the moment uh, organizing a lot of stuff for us uh, also uh, due to the, the, the contacts he has through uh, Jan Ackermann uh, uh, which um, with whom he still plays a lot so yeah usually we uh, uh, but we know we set a date for kind of like uh, five days in a row uh, we go to my studio which is in Germany behind my parents house which is great uh, then we uh, like France uh, really writes out uh, very clear form structures and sometimes even puts in some, some programming, something to help us when we record it uh, as a trio live, that we have some fun actually and um, uh, that you get inspiration. Um, and uh, Cohen really just brings usually a couple chords and uh, uh, and we, we make something out of it on the spot and I'm sort of in the middle. So, yeah, I try to really, because I, I love, uh, the, the, the tunes I like the most at the moment are, are the ones that we've... Uh, fixed on the spot and yeah. um, that's kind of the world we got and uh, that, that, that might change a little bit but. well you know you, you mentioned uh, Steve Lukather a little while ago and I think back when you guys released uh, your Full Power album I think Steve Lukather himself chimed in and complimented you guys on your first album and do you remember what he said something about the, you know the best of the 70s brought to 2014 and mm-hmm. and uh, he, he apparently really enjoyed what you guys did yeah. I've uh, emailed him uh, probably more than he wants to, but we had uh, quite a few uh, conversations about things and, um, and short stuff. And um, so I, I sent him a couple of tunes, and uh, yeah, he really liked it. And he said a lot more, of course, than, than just those words. But uh, good, uh, it was just like really, really uh, inspiring to me. I mean, it's it's literally one of my heroes. And uh, yeah, it's it's just um, <laughs> I, I, I remember that first drum teacher I, I got. Uh, at one point, when he got me into Toto, I was like so, was almost creepy, like really, really into it. And uh, I remember when I was 12 or so, uh, he told me he was going to LA, and uh, he asked my my dad if he could take me along and then have some lessons with uh, uh, with Jeff. Wow! Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, imagine. <laughs> I was like, uh, for me, at that time, Toto was everything for me at, yeah. at that time. That was uh, unfortunately uh, 1992. So um, yeah. uh, that's. Uh, I remember I had tickets to a gig as well. Uh, just uh, then, and then uh, somebody called me. Uh, I think it was uh, another drum teacher. He said, "Yeah, have you heard that Jeffrey died?" So I couldn't believe it. And uh, 
I, I told this to, to uh, look at her, like literally. Like I, I was going to get this one, probably, um, and maybe meet and greet, but to me, or that's what, what my teacher said, I'm going to get a lesson with Jeff Bocaro. So I, I was like uh, in, in heaven, of course. And when I heard this uh, news, it was like uh, devastating, literally. Yeah, and um, uh, so I told this to to uh, to Steve, and, and he said, "Oh man, I'm, I'm so sorry. We had we had like a, a whole bunch of emails on, on one evening, I, I, or night actually. I think uh, I, I wrote him some uh, a mail somewhere at twelve o'clock here at night, and I think we stopped uh, at uh, uh, five o'clock in the morning. He probably doesn't even remember me." But it was uh, uh, very meaningful for me. And yeah. uh, then he said, like, okay, you can uh, always come to any gig if you want. And uh, uh, like, really uh, uh, great for me. But uh, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how we get to know each other. Very cool. That's a very neat story. Yeah, cool story. You know, uh, Sebastian, though, you know, we've, um, and Evelyn, um, we've both, uh, me and Rick have had the chance to interview Bluey Maunick of, of Incognito and um, a while back. And he was, and I was really thrilled to, to know that, that you as Tristan has, uh, has actually warmed up for him a few times. So uh, how, how did this connection actually happen with Bluey? And uh, have you ever collaborated with him other than, um, you know, playing before the band and on gigs? Well, we just um, we opened one show for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe Sebastian knows how that got about. I think it was just a coincidence. It wasn't something that Bluey uh, was not due to any connection with Bluey. I, I got think. you. Our um, current booker is uh, also the booker for uh, Incognito, gotcha. and okay. he sort of got us uh, got us involved with that and. Uh, yeah, there's no collaboration just yet. We, we, I think we haven't even thought of it, or we didn't think about it at that moment. And yesterday I was thinking how silly that actually was not to just ask, because it was <laughs> so ridiculously funny that we did this uh, the gig before, the audience was great, and uh, we sold a lot of albums, but then at one point, a brewery came uh, towards us, and he, he wanted to buy an album. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. We should have asked, I guess, but I think that the time will come again for uh, yeah, we have, it's going to come really soon. Well, actually in the summer, because we are going to uh, play uh, in Holland at a jazz festival. And they are also playing. So we're going to meet them that night because they are closing at the night and we are playing uh, a full set before. So wow, we're going to see cool. them again. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. I mean, uh, you know, Bluey has been around for so long. And, you know, he just, you know, as you know, a, co- a year ago or so, he released his solo album. But, you know, he's always steady with his sound. He's consistent. They do what they do. And, and Sebastian, what, what have you guys learned? I mean, what can you sort of gain from, from uh, looking at a band like Incognito that they've been around and they're steady and they're still strong and successful, you know? Well, I, I think it, it just shows that if you really know what, what uh, or if you have a very clear idea in your mind what you want and what, what you want to express, mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's very difficult to hold on to it, but it's, uh, as you can then see with those guys, it's worth so much. And, and it's, in that sense, coming back to the question about, about uh, how, how Hoping that the career changed, and I mean, you can really tell that with a lot of people that uh, have been around for a long time, they they, they always try to. Um, uh, unfortunately, quite a lot of them they try to uh, be like the modern thing and, and and try to do just what's hip at the moment. And and I just don't believe that that works because uh, I don't think you have to be be worried about being hip at all because if you're I mean, every day is a new day. You're 
in the now. So how how can you really be uh, old fashioned in that sense? I mean, uh, you can you can play an old blues, but it's going to be recorded on Pro Tools, maybe, or you, you can. It's always going to sound kind of fresh, but uh, yeah, you just got to know uh, what you want. And, and, and uh, I really admire that with, with, uh, with guys like Blue, and they, they stick to what, what they like. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, isn't that also the influence of uh, record labels? I think that sometimes push bands in a certain direction, like you have to make an album that's like this or like that. Yeah. So I think that happens a lot. So it's it's really good if you have bands that don't do that and just keep going in their own direction. Yeah, that's true. Totally true. Yeah. Well, hey, we're, we're kind of itching to talk about uh, the release of Second Phase, uh, your brand new album, and you deliver 12 wonderful tracks, and the single finally found is is doing really well on the charts, right? Yeah, it's going really well. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, what we're enjoying about this new album is, is you know, the, the feel of this album. It's, you know, it's really fresh, it's funky, it's it's well arranged, and it, it seems to leave, you know, plenty of room for your vocals uh, mm-hmm. to rise and become the, the, the focus, and, and uh, can, can you talk about that a little bit? Well, you know, I think it just all happens sort of by coincidence. It's not like we have a big plan before we start. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, like Sebastian said, well, he writes music and he writes lyrics as well. Uh, Franz does, the, the bass player, uh-huh. and the keyboard player, Cohn. So yep. um, you get all these influences put together. Sometimes they write together. Sometimes I just get a piece that's written by uh, the bass player, and it's completely almost like a karaoke tape and how he wants to how he wants it to be and then sometimes there's just a hint of uh, I like with Supersize My Sunshine the the second single um, he said you know uh, this is the song this is the melody I just want the word sunshine in it uh-huh. so well that's not hard for me <laughs> <laughs> as I said before yeah, I like the sun so and I like the positive energy that's in the music so I just go with the flow if, if I get something in my mail I just play the song a uh, couple of times until something starts to, I can say almost like itch, and it's like oh, it's oh, I know, I know, it's about this or it's about that, and it can sometimes it just comes in uh in ten minutes like a flow of words that yeah. come out, and sometimes it's a puzzle, and sometimes then I write something and I send it to Sebastian because his English is just a little bit better than mine, and then I send it to him and he will come and have some suggestions and. So that's sort of the way we go about it. And vocally, um, well, what sometimes happens is if some guy, if, like with um, Get Lost, with that song, um, actually the, the, the vocal line that Franz wrote was a bit too high. So when we were in the studio, he said, just, no, just change it. Uh, so I just let it organically just flow and he will come with suggestions and then suddenly uh, the song is there. Well, you mentioned Sunshine, and the opening track is Supersize My Sunshine. And, you know, yeah. you know that, that track sets the bar at such a high level for mm-hmm. the rest of the project. And, you know, we're glad to say that the everything else that followed met that level of musicianship. It's just a fantastic album from start to finish. Great, great, great album. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So tell you what, let's go ahead and pause and give this track a spin. And this is the track Supersize My Sunshine from the album Second Phase from our guest today, Evelyn Kalanzi and Sebastian Cornelison from the band Tristan on Inside Music Cast.
know, Sebastian, one of my favorite tracks on uh, on the album is is called "Hey Sister," and it's uh, it's the second actually it's the second track on the album. And um, yeah. you know, I think it's the chording progressions and the vocals and the bass arrangements. It just uh, is just very, very, very nice. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, "Hey Sister" and um, uh, it, you know a little bit about this this track. Could you? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's, it's a track by by Kong. Um, or it's one of those. Uh, Little chord sheets that he had mm-hmm. handed over to us, and um, uh, well, it was was really funny because after Full Power, some of the tracks from uh, the previous album already existed for, for for a long time, so we didn't really have any concept behind it. And this time, even though it was just a year uh, uh, of, of time that we over a period of time that we, we wrote this, um, uh, we did have like slightly more of an idea uh, what kind of tunes we, we wanted to write, and of course he he um, uh, heard of uh, my background influence and, and stuff. So he did, there's there's a little bit of everything in in that tune, <laughs> but uh, 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 it, it, um, it still reminds me. There's uh, I think in, in the in the in the first. There, there are parts where it reminds me of Love Boat. But it, so it, 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 it starts like with, 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 with the string sections, like uh, really nicely orchestrated. Um, uh, and um, then the verse comes in, and you think, like, okay, this could be on a cruise. But it, it ends up being like <laughs> a totally rocky, uh, yeah, really total kind of uh, kind of vibe there. That, that yeah. uh, couldn't put in there. Like, I remember we were sitting in the studio, and, and um, uh, the basic track was done, and we were doing some overdubs, uh, keyboards. And uh, he heard in the there's uh, accent parts with, with the heavy guitars, and he was playing like a like a um, a piano kind of uh, feel groove through it, which reminded uh, us straight away of uh, uh, something that a big bass would do. Actually, <laughs> we're really bad with all aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's it's kind of like everything's in there. Uh, also, the uh, the same. Type um, groove fight, which is in super size, is also in there. Like the like the incognito yeah. uh, thing, I guess uh, makes people think, uh, or yeah, uh, where they think that we we are back in certain ways. It's it's in there, and um, yeah. So um, yeah, uh, you know that's about it. <laughs> well, we we loved how you elegantly slowed the project down with that really deep grooving track called "Tune In" and the. Uh, the Rhodes uh, bass and the, those flaming drums really make this, uh, and it's an addicting track. And, you know, Eddie and I, we're suckers for a great Rhodes track, and Cohen does no, a no. remarkable job on keys. So uh, who who is it that does the flugelhorn solo on that one? Uh, well, that's, that's Randy um, uh, Becker. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. It's funny because it's, it's kind of, to me, uh, one of the, the more poppy tunes on there, uh-huh. truly more poppy. And so it's it's kind of funny actually to have Randy uh, do that. Wait, wait a second. Oh, I was going to say Randy who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's funny. I mean, I, I don't I don't um, really recall any pop tunes with Randy Brecker on it. So it's it's kind of uh, yeah. really really cool. Yeah, and he loved it. So. Um, uh, yeah, it was nice. But you've got a con- I, I Now that I think about this, now it makes sense because you have a connection to Randy Brecker because you've played with him in the past in some of your solo work. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We did some touring together, and uh, we're we're, uh, we're good friends. Uh, yeah, he's just a terrific guy. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Just on a on a side note, I just wanted to mention that uh, I just became familiar with your your uh, album U Turn, and uh, I made it. I recently made it my uh, Inside Music Cast pick of the day. You probably yes. saw that, but man, that's a wonderful album. I just yeah, wanted to congr- so wanted to congratulate you on that because that was a fantastic album. Very nice. Thanks so much. Thanks. So much. It's a long time ago, though. It was a long time, but I just discovered it, so it's new to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I, I think I got my first gray hair in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, Evelyn, another deep groove. I mean, this is uh, it sort of follows tune in on the project, but it's called Skip This. And um, it's it's pretty much an instrumental track. I, I don't believe that you sing on it, do you? No, no, I allow them to do one. Uh, <laughs> you allow <Yeah>. them? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> no, that just happened because on the first album we had, uh, uh, we also had one instrumental. So um, it just happened in stare and I don't think we even discussed it. It's just a fact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, while we've got Evelyn here, don't even talk about removing the vocals. I mean, what, <laughs> we yeah. exactly. we'll talk to we'll, we'll talk to Sebastian later about that. Almost, I gotta go. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I do have a follow up question. This is for Evelyn, but you do so well in the lower registers of your vocals, like uh, on the track "Running Out of Time." Um, you really hit some very beautiful notes, and that seemed really comfortable for you. And and your range is actually wider than it it really appears. You know. Oh uh, yeah, but I you know um, I really like the low register, and I really like low voice. Mm-hmm. And as to the high stuff, I don't like to do um, vocal uh, acrobatics. Yeah. yeah. Because you know sometimes if it's necessary or if if the song really needs it. You can do something, but yeah. it has to come from the inside. So if the yeah. story doesn't, if it doesn't add much to the story, that's not my thing. You know, you have singers that because I really like Rachel Farrell. Yeah, yes. she's been really inspiring, especially the pop album that she did way back. I really love that. Yeah, but it's not my kind of singing. I learned a lot from it, but mm-hmm. I tend to do stuff that comes from the meaning of the song, and I, I think that's what why the guys picked me as a singer because they like that way of looking at the music and I like to be in the band and that way of course I'm the singer and of course I like to wear the dress and be uh, be the girl you know yeah but I, I want to be one of the band you know so I want right. to be in the music and be be together with what's going on and not not so much uh, uh be the me 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 singer right yeah well, I just wanted to uh thank you for uh the comment about not necessarily needing to inject vocal acrobatics because it's being it's so overdone in pop music now i mean yeah, it's, yeah. you know everybody wants to out sing the other by you know <laughs> re, you know shredding vocally shredding you know <laughs> yeah and it, and it gets a bit boring i think you get a yeah. lot of copycats and singing like yeah they're copying each other and it's not interesting Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, the the track "Skip This" I've I've never heard it because I was on track four and then it, I saw "Skip This," so I just went straight to track six. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even know what you guys are talking about. I thought it was. I, I didn't think there were any instrumentals on the album. <laughs> Rick was waiting for another track called "Go Back to Number Three. <laughs> uh, you know, another lovely track um, of, of ours on, on this album is is Second Phase. Um, which is is just is just a neat track. Um, I I made a special note here that at four minutes and thirties, it's you know it's it's actually a longer track. It's four minutes and thirty uh, seconds, and we love that you're not afraid to allow space, like you were talking to uh, a little while ago, Sebastian, leaving enough space to fit instrumentals and vocals and and uh, and of course even Randy Brecker on 
on uh, this this track. But um, you know, you're not fearful of of letting a letting a song work itself into into the end, right? No, it's it's actually. Um um, yeah, it's important. I mean, uh, also for life, you know, like, like a lot of the tunes have uh, uh, loads of accents and uh, uh, whatnot. It's, it's, it's not easy music to play most of the time, but uh, like this one is, is more like a relaxed, uh, 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 yeah, well, they're trying to give everybody, it's, it's more of, a, of um, um, creating an atmosphere, you know, like a vibe, and it's actually, you know, to me, quite important in a you know, in, in my tunes, so. Yeah. You know, another track that, you know, totally took Eddie and I away is the track called Lost. And, you know, the progressions in that, that track are just perfect and feel, you know, really emotional. And I, you know, we can't say enough about the arrangement, mm-hmm. you know, especially that amazing uh, piano solo again by Cohen. A pretty, pretty awesome track. Mm-hmm. Who, who wrote that track? Franz. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah, he writes great ballads, that's for sure. Yeah. And um, uh, he's, he's like, uh, um, he's such a great arranger. Also for uh, most of the horn section stuff on the both albums uh, arranged by him. He's like, uh, he's amazing. He could write scores for uh, uh, for big band or, or orchestra, it doesn't matter. He, he's got uh, such great writing skills and uh, uh, he writes beautiful tunes, yeah. I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and take one final break and let's check out this track. And this is Lost from our guest today, Evelyn Kalansi and Sebastian Cornelison from the band Tristan on Inside Music Cast.
you know, Evelyn, you know, on, on this this track, Lost, it, it's so interesting what you could do with it that the guys actually did another outtake. And it's the, the last track of the album. And uh, the arrangement, you know, tell us a little about, about the, the outtake and the rearrangement of this and, and you seeing that. Well, first we, we did the, the original version that we were talking about because the song is really special to me. I go to Ireland quite a lot because I really like it there. Yeah. And I was sitting with the most stunning view on mountains and it's just, just gorgeous. And that was when I was working on this song. And uh-huh. um, I had a feeling uh, like the message that I wanted to be in the lyrics that I can, you know, the music gave me the vibe of, you know, this song is about how you would want the world to be, but uh, yeah. it's not. And how can you cope sort of that thing? And I thought, yeah, well, how can I put the lyrics to say that without it being a sort of 70s song like, you know, the trees and, the, you know, <laughs> so I was sort of searching and suddenly it, it just started to come out, the words, because I just I was in such a beautiful place. Yeah. And, yeah. and also my, my inside world, as you can say, I'm always a person that longs for this. Uh, I want things to be in harmony, but of course the world is never in harmony. So it's sort of the struggle uh, in the lyrics. I think you can also hear it in the music. And when I came into the studio to sing, uh, we recorded it. We really loved what what we did. And I think at that point, it's a couple, I think a couple of weeks later, it was when, when Fran suddenly was like, uh, they, they recorded the strings and it was so gorgeous. Yeah. And then he sort of felt like, oh, I want more space. And then he created this outtake. Yeah. So you, you have to get lost and you have to get lost the outtake. And I'm really glad they're both on the album. We really are too. I mean, and I, I like that uh, you just mentioned the strings and everything because a, in, as a total arrangement, it's just, it's the kind of record that I was telling Rick earlier, it's the kind of record that you can c- keep on pushing repeat on and it let it go and let it go and let it go and let it go and you never get tired of it, you know? No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's simply yeah, beautiful. It's a special thing, yeah, very special. Yeah, it's a wonderful project. We congratulate uh, you and, and you know Sebastian and the whole band on on such a remarkable job. Sebastian, uh, you recently had your launch party or your concert, your show. When was that, and how did it go? <laughs> uh, oh, it was great. Well, first we did two shows in in, in uh, one in London and uh, Manchester to to sort of celebrate it there first. Uh, which was great. We totally didn't expect to uh, uh, get so much people in. And um, yeah, everybody loved it. And yesterday for us was the, the launch in, in Holland. And that was just uh, totally amazing because uh, um, it, it's never so easy in your own country uh, to uh, to get your, your audience. And uh, uh, somehow we did something right. And uh, yesterday was so so bad that I even had to send... Had to send um, I chose relatives home because they couldn't get in anymore. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't even make friends there with my, uh, uh, yeah, to the other side. But um, it's, um, <laughs> it was great. I mean, um, uh, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, well, we're still we're pretty uh, uh, high from that, I think. Uh, I think everyone's yeah. also laughed. We've been talking about this all day, so it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we know it's late there, and you and uh, we've spent a, a lot of time with you, and we really appreciate it. But I just wondered, um, you know, uh, will you ever? I mean, are, do you have any plans to try to 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 make it over to the states to do a few shows? I mean, is that on the radar at all, or is that just a really difficult task? It is on the radar. No, it's on the radar. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. great! It's because of Heston, actually, because um, 
I don't know if you know that, but uh, Heston, who sings the duet with us, with us, he came with us to London to do uh, the shows there. Oh, okay. And then we decided to take him to Holland to, to join us for uh, for some press things. And, and yesterday, he, we sang the duet at our CD release. Okay. So uh, we took him here, and um, uh, he had, we had great gigs here. And uh, that's how the plan actually started. He said, I want to bring you to the States. Nice. So... Um, when he does his uh, CD release, uh, I think probably in January, uh, he's going to see uh, if we if we can be his opening show and and we can help him uh, because we're also doing some stuff for his new album, helping him out a bit. Very cool. Very so cool. that's nice collaboration. Uh, yeah, that's just something that happens. You know, you cannot mm-hmm. predict that, or you cannot plan that. And suddenly, it's there. So now we're working on um, coming over. Nice. Very cool. Well, Eddie and I are looking at each other, and I know what we're both thinking. It's, there's a great club here in our city where we'd love to have you play. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if you get here and you're in, in the neighborhood, we'll have to see if we can uh, help or help you arrange a gig because it would be great to see you guys perform live. No doubt. No, no doubt. No doubt. Well, again, the album is called Second Phase, mm-hmm. and uh, tell us where uh, fans can pick that up. Um, maybe we could better tell them where they can't pick it up. Well, uh, well, they can the download it. <laughs> no, it's, well, actually, it's everywhere. It's on. It's on iTunes. Uh-huh. It's on Amazon. It's uh, anywhere and everywhere. Record stores. Yeah. Um, but you, of course, you have to mind because it's Tristan, and there are more Tristans around. Right? Yeah, I've exactly. noticed that. If you want to know, you you have to go to tristanmusic.eu. There we go. And there you will see all the information where you can find us. And if you go to iTunes and you look at Tristan and you say second phase or Tristan full power, then you'll find us as well. And if, if uh, someone doesn't want just the download, you do have physical CDs available, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, on Amazon and yeah. And uh, one more note before we go, I wanted to also send out a special thanks to uh, Uwe Reith, uh, former correspondent for Inside Music Cast, who uh, helped us prep today and uh, provide a lot of questions for the interview. So thanks a lot, Uwe. Well, this is highly recommended for everyone, uh, every listener for Inside Music Cast. The musicianship and the vocals are unsurpassed. They're yeah. just uh, top-notch, and we'd recommend this. Uh, this is a keeper for everyone. So, everybody, let's uh, get in and, and support uh, Tristan with this brand-new album. Congratulations, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. So, Evelyn, uh, Sebastian, thanks for, for the time and, and chatting with us, and uh, we will definitely keep in touch with you guys. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, and... Uh, I hope we make it to the club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll see about that one. All right. We'll take care, guys. Thank you. Okay. Thank bye. you very much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Special thanks to Evelyn Kalanzi and Sebastian Cornelison from the band Tristan for joining us on this episode of Inside Music Cast. We'd also like to thank our correspondents, Kim Riley, Brian Pearson, Scott Gross, Mikhail Ingstrom, Loretta Sassaman, Scott Sheriff, Don Brightup, and Mats Unilund for their continued support and content development for Inside Music Cast. Inside Music Cast is powered by Cabello Associates and Earshot Audio Post. For information about becoming a sponsor and sharing your message with thousands of music fans around the world, please visit InsideMusicCast.com for contact information. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Thanks for listening to Inside Music Cast. Hello.